You are tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nahumsiegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast. Yeah. <laughs> 
Good morning. Welcome to JM Sunday right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Matis Weingast. Today is the 21st day in the month of February, the 12th day of Adarishon 5776. And it is a nice day. Remember last week it was one degree. I still have it up on the JM Sunday page. Well, I should change that because right now it's 43 degrees and partly cloudy here in the New York, New Jersey area. And it's going up to a high of 54. Some showers later on. And then dipping back down to remind us it's still winter to 35 degrees and some rain early in the evening. But in Jerusalem, it's 53 degrees. Light showers right now going down to a low of 46 degrees with also some light rain later on this evening. Hope you had a great Shabbos and a great week before that. I'm glad to be here this Sunday morning as we are each and every Sunday morning on the Nachum Siegel Network. I have a very special guest coming up at uh, 7.35, right after morning Chizuk, former member of Knesset, Dove Lipman. He is the order, author <laughs> author of a new book, An American MK Behind the Scenes in the 19th Knesset. It is an absolutely unbelievable book. I suggest that everybody go and read it. We're going to be speaking with him at 7.35 this morning. Actually, if you want... You could download it as a, an ebook right now while you're listening. Uh, you can go to the website an AmericanMK.com and order it as an ebook. It is really quite interesting, quite fascinating, and we'll be talking to uh, Dove Lipman about that at 7:35. So let's go right to the music, and uh, we'll start off with. Uh, Let's see, we'll start off with something from the album Baskol. Not the original Baskol, but one a little later on here on JM Sunday. Yeah. 
Manus de Schwer, bis Quadraten, die Schossen aber zu mir her. Die Hassam ist doch in der Heim, alle seine gesehen, lomme Kinder werden, nu, nu, nu.
Music by Rabbi Ben-Sion Torsky, Simintov Yevarech was the name of that um, that tune coming from the Vichonin album. It is uh, a Sunday morning here, J.M. Sunday, Mata Swinegast with you on the Nachum Siegel Network, 21st of February, 12th day in the month of Adar Rishon, 5776. Coming up in uh, just about a minute, Rabbi Golwas with Morning Chizuk, and then I will be joined by the uh, former member of Knesset from the 19th Knesset, Rabbi Dov Lipman, who just published a book called An American MK, Behind the Scenes in the 19th Knesset. It is an absolutely fantastic book. Uh, I read it over Shabbos. You can't put it down. It is uh, just fascinating. And we'll be talking some, uh, we'll be talking about some of the specifics in the book and uh, some things I have to ask Rabbi Lipman that are not in the book. Uh, you can go to an American MK k.com and americanmk.com and you can order the book it's available as a hardcover uh, excuse me as a um, as a uh, a hardcover and a, i mean it's a it's a paperback but it's a uh, uh, as opposed to an ebook that's what i'm trying to say right it's yeah it's available as an ebook you can get it right now this minute before the interview starts you can get it downloaded to your favorite device go to an americanmk.com and you can get that book. So it is something we'll discuss in just a few minutes, and uh, I'm looking forward to that very, very much. Right now it is time for Rabbi Golwasu with Morning Chizik. Rabbi Golwasu's words are Lazecha Nishmas, Rav Zev, Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Esther Bas, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Each day in our morning prayers, we recite Shira Sayom, the Chassam Soifer asks, why did Dan Sheikh Nesagdoila choose to include these words in our Tfilos? He explains that throughout the generations there are always situations that require a fortification in our basic emuna. There is a need to inspire faith because we see that the wicked are successful and sometimes do not get punished. We despair that the divine providence has been removed from Klal Yisroel, or perhaps that Hashem is not offended by the evil deeds of the Rishoyim. In truth, though, Hashem is marich apoy. He is long-suffering, and ultimately, there will be payback time. Our Chachomim comment in Gitten that when we say, it can also mean that Hashem makes Himself mute, so to speak, and doesn't respond to the evil of the Rishoyim. But this is not because divine providence is aloof or distant. Hashem reigns forever. We will be redeemed from this exile as the Jews were from Mitzrayim. The evil people will receive their proper due as did the Egyptians. The great Tzadik of Neshchiz was well known for his power of blessing, particularly for those who were ill and in need of a Rufuah Shalema. Once, a very ill Jew came to the Tzadik, but he was reluctant to promise the petitioner that he would be healed. The tzaddik told him, Perhaps you will be healed, but I can't promise you. The person heard this and he said, But why not? Why not, said the tzaddik, Because you are dependent on me. You have to be completely dependent on Hashem. Let me explain. A young couple once came to the great Kajn Samagid. They asked him for a bracha that they find an extremely valuable object that they lost. The Magid gave them different excuses but would not agree to bless them. The young couple persisted, and the husband gave him a golden coin for tzedakah. 
The Magid told him, if you're going to give me 60 gold coins, maybe I'll be able to help you. The woman was quite surprised. She heard this huge sum of money that the Magid suggested. She took back the coin and said to her husband, Hashem alone could help us, even without this. Immediately, the Kajas Magid turned to them. He had such great happiness, he said, Until now, you forgot about Hashem. You placed all your trust and faith only in me. Now that you believe and trust in Hashem, you should know that your salvation is already on the way. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day. Thank you very much, Rabbi Goldwasser. Morning Chizik is a feature that is on every Sunday through Thursday morning on uh, JM Sunday and on JM in the AIM with Nachum Siegel. Uh, Nachum is going to be off uh, tomorrow, and uh, there will be a capable person sitting in his seat, and I think his name is uh, Benjamin Siegel, if I have my information correct. We have great programming all day long here on the Nachum Siegel Network, encore presentations of some of the shows from last week, and then uh, a great music stream all day long. Court Report with uh, Elliot Weiselberg at 7 o'clock tonight, talking about the uh, sports update of the week in the uh, Yeshiva League. And then an encore presentation of this show uh, at midnight tonight. So plenty to listen to around the world right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, my guest this morning is somebody that uh, we have had on before, and uh, he just wrote a very, very exciting and interesting book, and I am thrilled to have him on. I would like to welcome to the air the former member of the 19th Knesset, Rabbi Dove Lipman. Dove, welcome to JM Sunday. Thank you, Marcus. It's great to be with you and all the listeners. Thank you. And I really should say welcome back because I'll, I'll remind you that we had you on the air uh, before you were a member of Knesset. Uh, I think Nachum had you on the air even before you thought about being a member of Knesset. We had you on and you were able to make time for us while you were a member of Knesset. And we have you on now. We haven't forgotten about you. <laughs> you are, you're, you're here with us all the time uh, and on our thoughts. And I want to thank you for the time that you've given us over the last few years. It's my pleasure. It's always great talking with both of you. Thank you. So you decided that after spending two years as a member of Knesset and everything that goes along with that, you decided, you know what, I want to write a book. I want to let people know what it means to be a member of Knesset. And it is absolutely fascinating. The book, as I mentioned, is entitled An American MK Behind the Scenes in the 19th Knesset. It is available through your website, anamericanmk.com. People can go there right now, and they can download the book as an e-book, and they can also get it in print. Let me get right into the book. There's so many questions I have. I don't want to give away a lot, because I want people to, to pick this up and read it. It's a I, I'll describe this as a one-sitting read, meaning that when you start it, you do not want to put this down because it is so fascinating. Uh, you were a Knesset member under the Yeshatid party, and Knesset member Yair Lapid, as a matter of fact, wrote a beautiful introduction to the book. He brought you under his wing and literally in the, into the party. When you had your, the first thought of joining the Knesset, you wanted to be a representative for the English commu English-speaking community. You also felt that you could specifically make a difference in relations between the so-called ultra-orthodox and non-ultra-orthodox community. What prompted you to really get involved in politics on a national level? 
So it really started with some of the struggles that we had in Beit Shemesh. Uh, I was teaching here in Israel, loving what I was doing, teaching post-high school boys and girls in various programs, especially in Beit Shemesh. And there were these tensions that developed, which they were actually emanating from a very small group of extremists in Beit Shemesh who were causing all kinds of problems, especially towards women and, and girls. And I got involved in all of that. And then as I got deeper and deeper into it, I realized that there really was no voice from the religious side saying, yes, I'm religious, yes, I believe Torah learning is the highest value, yes, I believe that you have to be Shomer Torah mitzvot, you have to observe the mitzvot, but uh, reaching out to the secular side, not as outreach to try to make them more religious, but just saying we're one family, we're one people, we have one lot, we have to break down these barriers that have been created in the state of Israel and find a way to coexist and have tolerance for one another. And also, along with that, to represent a Haredi, and ultra-Orthodox voice, which says we believe in being part of the state. We believe in giving our children general studies. We believe in our children serving in the army, and there's no contradiction between that and having Torah learning as the highest values. And I discovered that there are tens of thousands of Haredim who don't have that representation, so I was looking for a, a way to uh, represent that community and to try to bring a more moderate voice from the religious side into the political system as we try to deal with all the challenging issues, especially of religion and state in Israel. Now, you had, as you say in the book, you had reached out to the mayor of uh, Beit Shemesh, but you had not been involved in politics at all before this. I mean, it was, it was you made Aliyah uh, just a few years prior, uh, and as a matter of fact, um, making Aliyah from, from the United States, from Maryland, you were the first, uh, as we'll see, the first Anglo, uh, English-speaking uh, member of Knesset in, what, 30 years or something like that? Uh, yeah. So how did you make that connection to go to uh, the political... Sp- did you want to do local politics before you joined the Knesset? Yeah, so that was the initial thought, and I actually describe in the book this uh, but this moment where, for me, I was filled with panic, and I reached out to the deputy mayor of Beit Shemesh. I think back now to you know where, where I was then compared to, thank God, the opportunities I've had to work with leaders of the state now. Right. And it was very scary for me as a new immigrant to reach out and make that connection. And then I started volunteering uh, for the deputy mayor, and uh, from there, things sort of went from one step to the other. When I originally started with all of this, I did not think that I would ever be a member of Knesset. That wasn't the goal. <laughs> right. It really was to have a voice and to be involved. And then, uh, you know, as, as they say, you open, you know, I, I pushed a little bit, and, and God came forward and opened up many other doors. Absolutely. Did you get a lot of pushback uh, with this whole thought about the, uh, the working environment for the uh, Haredim? And, you, know, what, you live in that area, so there must have been a daily pushback when you saw people in the street. Uh, so so it's, inter- it's interesting, and I described some of those relationships in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of loud noise uh, <laughs> that you heard uh, both uh, outwardly when I walked in the streets, but also um, by email, by Facebook. I got um, letters in the mail from people, and then certainly on the Knesset level from the uh, ultra-Orthodox parties, a lot of negativity and a lot of pushback. Right. But there was along the way so much quiet support even on a rabbinic level, and it was always shocking to me to see the the face that was put on against me, but then the quiet support that I was receiving, and that quiet support actually 
kept me going through uh, some times that were not very easy at all for me or for my family. And uh, you certainly felt like a world that you were part of was 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 coming against you. And uh, but having that quiet support in the in the thousands uh, uh, helped me throughout. And and even beyond that, knowing that I was thank God able to help thousands of young men get jobs, get training, and get jobs. It's something which is so rewarding on so many levels and, and made me realize that no matter what anybody can be saying against me, uh, we're doing very good things, thank God. Absolutely, and we know from the the papers uh, here in the United States, especially, I guess we'd call them the Haredi papers, that it's still a big issue of contention, and uh, publicly many of the... Uh, the leaders will will not be for it, and as you said, you mentioned in the book about the camaraderie that you had with some of those ministers, uh, members of Knesset, and uh, the quiet support you received from different areas. It's funny because you know the sequel to this book would be uh, what I couldn't write in the first book, <laughs> what you couldn't put in, because it, 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 it's you know what goes on behind the scenes seems to be a lot different sometimes than what we see in public. Uh, and, and again, I encourage people to get this book, An American MK Behind the Scenes in the 19th Knesset, anamericanmk.com. You can go there right now. You can download the ebook. You can get a, a hard copy if you wish uh, for, for that also. Uh, Dove Lipman, former member of Knesset, is my guest this morning. I want to get into some of the things that you mentioned in the book, some of the more personal um, issues. When when you were elected, and you talk about it in the book, uh, you you were uh, asked by Yair Lapid to be on the ballot. Uh, the way it works, from my understanding, is uh, you said that every group has to have a list of 120 people to go into the Knesset in the theory that if one group won all the seats, they would have people to put in there. And you ended up being number 17 on the ballot that year. And you describe how Yair Lapid said, I'm going to get you in. Don't worry. Don't worry about that number. Uh, and you did make it in there. When you were elected, you were you were told by the I guess the parliamentarians or the people you know in charge of the different rules of the Knesset that you had to renounce your U.S. citizenship, and you describe it as being a very very difficult thing to do because of course you were born in America. America is such a good friend of Israel, and there's so many you know positive things here in America. But it was something that legally you had to do. Uh, and you mentioned how you wrote a letter, and I believe you said you gave it to the ambassador. Um, you wrote a letter to President Obama. Did you ever, uh, did you ever hear back from him or from any other political figure in the United States, uh, you know, saying anything to you about that? Yeah, so the truth is that story and many others like it were really part of the impetus of me writing the book, aside from my personal stories, just so people can know how everything works. Mm -hmm. Throughout my time in the Knesset, people were asking me, how does it work there? What? So this is a really a window, I hope, for English speakers to understand how the Knesset works. And one of those laws is that you cannot hold citizenship in another country uh, while you are serving in the Knesset. So I had to renounce my citizenship, and I described the story there and how difficult it was. Uh, I, I, the ambassador definitely handed the letter over, and it definitely got around, because I got a phone call from Fox News, and I actually did an interview on Fox News about the letter, which for me was a tremendous opportunity to, again, in a more public way, uh, give thanks to America. I felt... Uh, you know, we, it's such a big value in Judaism of Akarat HaTov, of recognizing the good that's been done for you. And here I am, standing up in the embassy, holding up my right hand, renouncing my citizenship mm. in the country, and I felt the need. There was something stirring inside of me that said, I have to get the word out that while I did this in order to serve in the Knesset, in, in no way was uh, feel, uh, an expression of, 
of uh, the lack of gratitude towards the United States. And I, I will say that I went through that process, and I did appear on the Fox TV show, and, and there's no doubt that the thanks got out there. But there was something special, even though a lot of this is semantics and paperwork, there was something special of realizing, wow, I'm Israeli. After 2,000 years of my family traveling around the world and making their way from one place of persecution to the next, with the exception of the United States, where we didn't experience that persecution, uh, here I am, back as a full-fledged, 100% Israeli citizen, and there's something pretty special about that as well. Absolutely. You describe in the book also uh, your first speech when you, after you were uh, elected and... Uh, when you, I guess, in, you know, introduced yourself, uh, the feeling of missing your father, who had a tremendous influence on you, uh, and you wanted to make sure of two things I, I read, that you didn't want to cry because you didn't want to show emotion. You felt you're standing up there as a member of Knesset, representing the state of Israel, and you were not going to give in to that emotion. You wanted to also make sure that your Hebrew was, was excellent. But then you found out later on after someone else's speech, uh, who, who um, I think you said it was a former member of, uh, uh, who was the former head of um, Israeli security or something like that, yeah. right? Who uh, broke down and cried when he spoke. But what was that feeling like when you walked into the Knesset the very first time and then when you got up there and spoke in front of not just the uh, group that's there but on Knesset television to tens if not hundreds of thousands of people? So, so the, the truth is, walking into that room, not from the gallery where any visitor can watch from, but on the floor itself, uh, which they brought us in during the orientation, uh, before we were uh, sworn in, it's a moment that I will never forget. I remember exactly what I was feeling. I was flooded all of a sudden with this emotion and, and just awed by the fact that I was uh, standing on the floor where so much of Israeli history has played out and so many momentous occasions and even the smaller moments where just regular legislation has been passed. I, I remember the exact moment and the feeling of being brought to my seat for the first time. Those are moments that you'll, you'll never forget and, and, and so thankful to God for being put in that position. Giving the inaugural address, which every member of Knesset is given the chance to do, and they say that for years, for decades, you'll be judged and people will always look back to that as the baseline for who you are. So I had to, first of all, get a message across, and I worked very hard on that. And then also the Hebrew. I was so nervous about making mistakes in the Hebrew, and I practiced, and I practiced, and I practiced. And then while I was standing there, and I, yes, I did mention uh, my father, and it was difficult uh, to be in that situation and to know that he's not there in the room uh, experiencing it with me. And I, I was feeling the emotion coming, and I played as I'm speaking and worrying about the Hebrew and worrying about the message. I was playing mind games with myself not to break down and cry because I thought you're supposed to be the strong member of Knesset and Parliament and not cry. And then, and then a day later, a uh, member of Knesset, Yaakov Perry, who was the former head of the Shabak and a real security personality in Israel, he got up there for his inaugural address, and he just broke down and cried over the fact that a good friend of his, a former chief of staff of the IDF, wasn't there with him. And, and I realized at that moment that you don't have to put up a facade. You can just be yourself. And, and that's part of the beauty of Israel is that people are just themselves. And, you know, we always talk about the nicknames that people have, and all of a sudden I start right. having nicknames in the party. And, and all of those things, it's it just Part of we're just part of the people, and we're really not aloof and beyond them. And it was an important lesson for me to recognize that, yes, I'm a member of Knesset, but I'm still the same old dove, and I can show all the emotions and, and be myself, whether it's in front of the camera or not. Exactly. Uh, you didn't discuss this in the book, but when you got home the first night after 
you uh, were officially a member of Knesset, what was what was that like? Were there, were there people there? Were there signs there? Or was it just, uh, you know, Abba, I need help with my homework. Can you, you know, help me here? Or, what, what was that like the first time? You know, with you, the, the grounding in reality that you got, what was that like? Right, so first of all, uh, at the night of the elections, I got home at about 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So uh, by that point, everyone was asleep. I had called home and spoke to everyone. There was a lot of apprehension. Uh, I heard it in, in the voices of my children of what exactly does this mean. Uh, but in terms of coming home from the first day of work, there might have been a few questions of what happened. But I really tried to make an effort uh, to just be Abba, to come home right. and to, to be there to help them with homework and to play and to go out to the backyard. And, and I really made that effort. Um, so we tried as much as we could to separate the two. Uh, there were some children who would like to watch on Connected TV. You can watch it online. And they would watch, you know, in, in session, and I get a text message saying, you know, uh, you fix your tie or, or things along those lines. Um, but, uh, but for the most part, uh, we tried to separate as much as possible. Uh, that I walked through the door, and whatever hardship I had during the day, and whatever challenges I had, uh, I put those aside and really tried to be a husband and a father. Right. Jumping ahead, you talk about the family life and what it meant and how it changed when you became a member of Knesset. And uh, certainly, you know, that it's quite interesting. Maybe we'll have some time to touch upon a few things, including your going shopping. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Dove Lipman is uh, my guest this morning. He recently authored a book entitled An American MK Behind the Scenes in the 19th Knesset. It's available at anamericanmk.com. It's, as I mentioned before, it's a phenomenal read. It's a, you sit down, you're, you're engrossed in it. It is so fascinating. And like you mentioned before, um, it, it, you wrote it primarily for people to see what it's like in the Knesset, what it's like to get laws passed. And you have a section on committees. Uh, and uh, it, it's fascinating because you go through the process of how a law gets, um, gets put into play. And then there's one point where I I believe when a law is read or it's brought to the floor, uh, after it's introduced, a a member of another, uh, of any any member, I guess, of Knesset could call out and request that that law be put to a different committee, and then the process has to start all over again. Um, It it must have been very frustrating to, to deal with that level of politics. It is. I mean, people, that's why one of the reasons I wrote the book, to understand, you know, from the moment you have an idea to pass a law, what goes into actually getting it passed, getting it past the Knesset attorney who has to defend it in the Supreme Court, <laughs> lobbying ministers, you have to approach ministers you've never talked to before uh, in other parties about getting it passed to the ministerial uh, committee legislation. And then even after it passes the first time, there are so many more steps, getting it to the right committee, then working with the chairman of that committee, and, and, and step after step. It, it is very frustrating. Uh, it is very difficult, and you, you have to learn uh, the ropes of how to best get it done. You also learn how to get things done outside of legislation, because generally you understand as a member of parliament that you are a part of the legislature. Your job is to write laws and vote on laws, but you also try to learn on how can I get things done outside of the framework of laws, because they say that a, a success for a member of Knesset, a huge success, is getting two laws passed uh, all the way through to the final step in a four-year session, which we never have. Right. So uh, to get laws passed is not necessarily the optimal way to make change, but you try to find other ways as well uh, to make change. And the other thing that happens, which I mentioned in the book, is that very often you'll have an idea for a law, and a minister will say, wow, I like that idea, and take it as a government law. So throughout history, it'll never go down as your law, but you know inside that it was 
your idea, and thank God I had a few examples of those which I described in the book. Yes, it's, it's quite interesting to see that also, because as you mentioned in the book, the Knesset, you know, really doesn't work much, right? You remember Knesset, you work a couple of days a week, an afternoon here, a morning there. I mean, that's the way it seems, You Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But you have plenty of time, as you said, to be in the committees to, to do all of that work beforehand and negotiations, I guess, and, and everything that it takes to do that. Uh, you took your job very, very seriously, as I'm sure all members of Knesset do, but to the extent that you were given an award for voting uh, more than anyone else in, and, and actually being in the, uh, in the vote and, and you know, making those votes, you're doing your job, basically, you'd think everybody would be doing that, but apparently not, and you were awarded for that. You know, I grew up in Maryland as a, as a Baltimore Orioles fan, and uh, oh, right. Cal, Rip, Cal Ripken as my uh, hero growing up, and and Cal became known for this breaking this record for just showing up uh, to work every day. And before you know it, you look back, and there you are breaking uh, the Iron Man streak in terms of playing consecutive games. Right. I showed up every day, and I went to work, and I went to vote. I felt that it was important to be in the plenary, in what people would call the Malaya, to be there for the discussions, to be there for the debates, to hear about the laws. And all of a sudden, we ended the session, and the Speaker of the Knesset called me to his office and, and said that I had been named uh, number one in terms of just showing up to work, and that's the wow. way I saw it. So I'm proud of the accomplishment, but it's something which I took for granted, that I sure. should be in the Malaya, be there, doing my job as much as possible. And uh, you're right. I, I think that many, many members of Knesset do far more work than people realize. There are certainly some who don't show up enough, and there's really no oversight over that. But there's a lot more work that goes on behind the scenes than people realize, and people do really take their jobs seriously. And that was also an important lesson for me as I got to know the other members of Knesset and to understand how dedicated most uh, were certainly to their jobs. Right. In the, uh, in the, in the nitty-gritty part, in the part that you talk about real life in the Knesset, you discuss, uh, you mentioned how during the long sessions you'll find the uh, Prime Minister reading a book, you'll find uh, a member of Shas discussing Gemara with a fellow MK who happens to be female, a uh, fellow MK of yours uh, discussing Gemara. Uh, that's, um, and you also indicate something very important, that, that sometimes the fighting, the arguing, the yelling that we see if we were to watch uh, Knesset TV or you know, get the sound bites, some of that fighting... Is um, and I guess any politicians like that they they stage it for the public consumption because that's their uh, that's their job if you will. But on the personal level, you would go back and and there would be camaraderie uh, almost across the board. Yeah, so that's one of the most important lessons that I learned as a member of Knesset. And I learned it very quickly, even during orientation, as I saw so many people break down the barriers between parties and be close to one another. And my closest friends. Certainly, I had very close friends in our party, but I had very close friends that I developed outside of our party as well, even people who I disagree with strongly ideologically, and I do talk there, certainly about the Shas party being very different in terms of the MKs themselves than the image they might have. And there's a room behind the Malaya, behind the plenary, which nobody sees, and I wish there could be cameras there, because a few minutes after we're arguing with each other in the plenary itself, there's a, there's a room with couches, and they serve us coffee and cake and vegetables, and especially <laughs> for the very long nights. And you'll see members of every single party sitting there talking to each other, friends with one another, talking about personal things, 
Um, that goes from the prime minister down to just a freshman member of Knesset. We're there, and you get to know each other personally. And that's a side which the public doesn't see, and it's a shame because people assume there's some big disputes and, and there's no way we can get along with one another. And then you have to realize, yes, we're always going to have ideological disagreements, and that's fine, and that's healthy, and that's part of being the Jewish people. Right. But, but to recognize that when it's all said and done, we're one, and we have to care about each other and love one another and can be friends with one another despite our differences, that that was something I saw day in and day out in the Knesset. Absolutely. Uh, Dov Lipman, former member of Knesset, is my guest. We're, we're, we just have a couple of uh, more minutes, like two or three minutes uh, left. I know we're on a, we're on a, a time frame. You're, you're still very busy with a lot of things. Uh, people are going to have to read the book, An American MK, uh, Behind the Scenes in the 19th Knesset. It's available at anamericanmk.com. Go there. You can download it as an e-book. Uh, it's a fascinating, fascinating book. You're going to have to read the book, because I'm not going to touch upon it today, but you're going to have to read the book to find out how Odell Beckham Jr. apparently influenced at least one committee uh, uh, working uh, morning, or whether it was the morning, afternoon, I don't remember, but how he influenced uh, a session there in uh, one of the committees. Uh, you're going to have to read the book to find out about the uh, legislation and how, because of something you we're working on passing, which is the banning of um, foie gras in uh, Israel because of the issue of cruelty to animals. And you were on that committee for uh, for not allowing, uh, you know, for for animal uh, not allowing for animal cruelty. How you became a name in the Hungarian parliament. Uh, so you have to read about that. Uh, and the uh, and meatless Monday. You have to find out what is meatless Monday in the Knesset and uh, how the Prime Minister even mentioned it. So these are all things, little teasers. But I want to just touch on for, for a minute um, two questions, two things. One is uh, what it is, what you didn't mention in the book. You didn't mention about your association with any Arab members of Knesset. Or if you did, I, I missed it, but it was very short. Did, did you have any rapport? Was there anything there that people can talk about? So there were some Arab MKs that I was able to work with. Now, uh, one in particular, Asawi Fredge from the Merits Party, who's an Israeli Arab who I talked to extensively about many things. And he talked to me about how hard it is to be an Arab living in a Jewish state where the national anthem talks about 2,000 years of Jewish aspirations. And he's not asking to change that, and we're not changing that. But it was important for me to see the other side somewhat. He's not looking to destroy Israel. He's a proud citizen of Israel, but to have some sensitivity to the Arab side. And I did work together with Asawi on a few different projects, uh, especially related to the environment. And I also visited Arab villages to uh, see more what's happening there and some of their needs. But there were certain Arab members of Korea that I, I couldn't even say hello to as I right. passed in the hallway. So there, you have that uh, certainly differences in terms of that. Um, but, but without a doubt, I'm, I met many Israeli Arabs and recognized that there are people that we can work with to try to make this, yes, a Jewish state, but also a democratic state. That's a very important value for me. Right, absolutely. And, uh, and, and finally, and I don't even think we're going to be able to really touch upon this, but you were also very active in diplomacy. And uh, even as a freshman member, just there for a couple of years, you basically helped bridge uh, gaps between the state of Israel and South Africa. Uh, and even to this day, uh, there was just a group from South Africa that I saw in the news uh, came to Israel last week, and you were there uh, right with them, you know, showing them around and uh, and fostering those ties. Uh, are you able to still work within the Knesset uh, frame, uh, you know, the, the family, I guess, and still be um, sure. helpful now, even though uh, you're? 
Yes, yeah, so I am at the Knesset a few times a week for different things, but in my new role as the Director of Public Diplomacy in the Vice Chairman's Office in the World Zionist Organization, uh, I'm working every single day, morning and night, on public diplomacy initiatives, bringing delegations to Israel, making the case for Israel in the difficult places, including South Africa, and that's something which I'll continue to do, and uh, looking forward to trying to bring all the skills that I'm gaining, focusing on that area, as hopefully we go at some point to elections for the 21st Knesset and, and get back in and continue in the level on these projects. Excellent. If you want to find out why Dove Lipman can't go shopping anymore, uh, <laughs> why it's difficult to go to the store and pick up some food, uh, you have to read the book. Uh, and maybe it's changed now that you're out of it, but, you know, who knows? It Rabbi, has it. It has it. it, has it. <laughs> that, that, that element has it. But I'm, but I'm thankful that I can try to help people. Excellent. Sure. Rabbi Dove Lipman, thank you so much for joining us this morning on this extended interview. I know your time is very precious and uh, we encourage everyone to get the book An American MK Behind the Scenes in the 19th Knesset it's available at anamericanmk.com Rabbi Dovlipin thank you so much again for joining us here on JM Sunday Thank you so much Matthew. everyone have a wonderful day Thank you It is uh, 8 o'clock in the morning and we're going to go to the news from Israel momentarily uh, we're going to hear a little bit from uh, Mendy Jerufi. We'll put Mendy Jerufi on and see uh, what he has to sing for us. And then we'll get to our news from Israel right here on JM Sunday.
Here on JM Sunday, Matis Wine Guest with you. I want to thank again uh, Rabbi Dov Lippin, former member of Knesset, for joining me this morning. Uh, you can, if you missed any part of the uh, interview or uh, any part of the show this morning, you can go in the archives later on and uh, and listen to what uh, what was uh, what we talked about the book Amer- the, an American MK behind the scenes in the 19th Knesset is available now. You can go to anamericanmk.com and order the book as a uh, uh, hard copy or as an ebook and get it immediately. Fantastic read, very, uh, very informative, very uh, humorous at times, and very fast, a very fascinating look behind the scenes at the goings on in the Knesset. Um, we are not going to have our news from Israel. I was just in touch with Hannah Julian, but we have some technical difficulties uh, over there, so we're not going to have news from Israel this morning. We will have it return next Sunday morning, right here on JM Sunday. A great program continues all day long here on the uh, stream with encore presentations of uh, of different shows from last week, uh, Saturday Night Seagull and uh, Nine at Nine uh, and uh, Live Lunch with Yessie Zweig. And then a court report at 7 p.m. tonight with uh, Elliot Weiselberg. And then great music mix uh, all throughout the day. So yeah, make sure to keep it tuned. Jam and the M comes back tomorrow morning for the beginning of another week, uh, school week and work week. Binyamin Siegel will be sitting in for Nachum tomorrow morning. And then at 9 o'clock, the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten will be on. It's exclusive to the Nachum Siegel Network. And uh, you can listen at NachumSiegel.com or NSN app, however you're listening right now, same way that you can listen tomorrow to any programming uh, throughout the week. That is uh, in any way associated with Nachum Siegel. <laughs> so, J.M. and the AIM, you can hear uh, the network, all the great shows. The uh, network is a uh, is a, a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, thing out there in the world, if you wish. And there's so many people who listen and get uh, get informed 
and uh, get entertained by all the shows and discussions and everything that goes on in the network. So we encourage you to keep on listening and tell your friends about it. Tell them to get that NSN app. It's a great way of listening. Let's go back to the music. Uh, since we're not going to have the news from Israel now, we're going to continue with our music. Uh, uh, what's next? The Loi Avoy. Loi. 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 Avoy. Mendy Portnoy here on JM Sunday.
desperate intervention. I know we pray every day for the day that he'll say that today's the day of the redemption. But do we mean what we're saying? Or are we just pretending? Got a nice car, nice house, good life. Happy, happy, happy with the money that I'm making. Take a look around the world. Pain everywhere we turn. Soldiers dying for Parents crying more. Lives are tossed and torn. Can't take any more. If we stand as one, this God is what we've done. Hands up to the sky and wave inside to side. Raise your voices loud. We need machine now. Put your hands up in the air and wave them everywhere. Hashem Lishiyanah, Hashem Atzlichana. Put your hands up. Count your blessings every day 'cause you have them. Plenty of people every day wish they had them. Though times may seem dark, dark comes and goes like the clouds. It's just life with the mask on. Ah,、uh, but are we ready or are we just pretending? Got a nice car, nice house, good life, happy, happy, happy with the money that I'm making. Take a look around the world, pain everywhere we turn. Soldiers dying wars, parents crying wars. Lives are tossed and torn. I can't take anymore. If we stand as one, regardless what we've done, put your hands up to the sky and wave them side to side. Raise your voice loud. We need machine guns now. Put your hands up in the air and wave them everywhere. I shall be here now. Then I'll sleep alone. Shoot hands up to the sky and wave them side to side. Raise your voice loud. We need machine guns now. Shoot hands up in the air and wave them everywhere. I shall wish you no. I shall not sleep alone. Hands up to the sky. Raise your voice loud, Mashiach now. Hands up in the air. Raise your voice loud, we need Mashiach now. If we stand as one, it'll all be done. Put your hands up to the sky and wave them side to side. Raise your voice loud, we need Mashiach now. She.
Hi, dear by Shlomi Tasig here on JM Sunday. It is 8.31 in the morning as we get set to uh, get into the last half hour of the show. We're in the last half hour of the show, actually. My thanks again to Rabbi Dola Lipman, former member of Knesset, for joining me this morning to talk about his book, An American MK Behind the Scenes in the 19th Knesset. It's available at anamericanmk.com. Fascinating book. If you missed any part of the interview, you can check it on the archives a little bit later. And uh, and and hear all about that. I encourage you all to get that book. It's really uh, anybody who's, of course, interested in Israeli politics, but wants to know what happens behind the scenes, how things really work, or maybe sometimes don't work, uh, but what it takes to get things done. Read this; it'll be an eye opener, and it's a uh, it's, it's great. So thank you again to Rabbi Delvin. We're going to continue with music. David Lowy is uh, up next. And I thank you for joining us here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network.
start the Arlon Void. The Arlon Void. The Arlon Void. Baruchet, you find my booster. The Arlon Void. The Arlon Void. The Arlon Void. Baruchet, you find my booster. The Arlon Void.
David Susselberg here on JM Sunday, wrapping things up. My thanks to Dove Lipman, former member of Knesset, for his uh, great, uh, great interview. Thank you this morning for the time. And uh, the name of the book is um, the name of the book is an American MK behind the scenes of the 19th Knesset. You can get it from uh, anamericanmk.com. Great, great book. So thank you so much for uh, for the time. This morning, and um, if you missed any of the interview, you can go to the archives and check it out, JM uh, Sunday, NachumSiegel.com. Nachum will be back tomorrow. Oh, no, actually, no. Nachum is going to be out tomorrow. Uh, Benjamin Siegel is going to be in for Nachum tomorrow, and um, he'll be taking over the airwaves. Great programming all day long here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday.